Well, we're three and one for the first time since 2011, which was our Super Bowl year. The Giants are going to make the Super Bowl. Oh, let me stop. Uh, welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Um, this might be an hour show today. This might be an hour worth, or I should say long show today, because the Giants won. There's some stuff to go over and bumps and bruises. So we're going to talk about a lot of different scenarios leading into next week. There's going to be scenarios covered on Friday. Well, actually Saturday, but Friday is the day I record. Um, sometimes Saturday mornings. But yeah, the Giants are 3-1. and one, And they're tied for first in the division with the Cowboys and the Eagles with the little bummy Washington Commandos at fourth place. That's a fucking good feeling to have. Whether something happens, whatever, three and one over five hundred. If you're a Giants fan, well, guess what? You got to be happy. You have to be happy. And if you're not, well, sorry for you. Sucks for you. But as we usually do on this show, we're gonna go over first thoughts, stats, the ground and pound, the defense holding the Bears, injuries galore, what happens at QB, where my young Kadarius Tony. Stock up, stock down, and closing thoughts. So let's go to first thoughts. Saquon Barkley's back, man. I'm ready to say that. I know a few podcasts ago I was like, well, I mean, he had a good game. But let me wait a few games and see if he's actually back. No, he he's fucking back, all right. He is back. And, you know, if you look at statistically, I think the performance was actually better than statistics will show you. We'll go over that, obviously. Um, but something I'll take right now out of the statistics. 31 carries, 146 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. A lot of the stuff at the end, like carries he got, that was out of the Wildcat A, B. He was, you know, handing off from an injured Daniel Jones. So that lowered the yards per carry. But overall, the Giants had a good rushing game. Daniel Jones included before he got hurt. I just loved the game plan from the New York Giants. And now... If Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt, maybe the Giants do end up scoring like 21, 25 points uh, on top of the Bears. Maybe some other things happen, but injuries are injuries, and, you know, stuff plays out like stuff plays out, unfortunately. As for the defensive side of the ball, other than some few things, I can't say that uh, they did a bad job. I really can't because the defense got five sacks. Aziz got his first sack. Dexter Lawrence, I mean, he's been the best player on the defense this year. Jalen Smith made an impact. There's a lot of different things we're going to go over there. But 3-1 uh, and one feels fucking good. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So the stats-wise, before I go in there, I'm going to take a sip. Because I need and I love water. Uh, Justin Fields had a completion percentage of 50, which... 11 for 22, 174 yards, five sacks taken. I had a QBR of 35.1 and a rating of 76.7. Daniel Jones, only 13 pass attempts, eight for 13. Now, some of them could have been running attempts as well. Like, you know, the the, the, the pocket is good. Uh, the receivers aren't necessarily getting separation, so he's got to move. But there weren't too many situations like that. Um 
But Jones, 8 for 13, 71 yards, one sack, which was where he got hurt. 92.3 QBR, 76.1 rating. And then Tyrod Taylor, uh, 1 for 3, 11 yards, 1 interception, 2.1 QBR, 5.6 rating. The rushing game for the Bears. Now, if you take a look at it, it's like, oh, the Giants gave up 150 against the run. But Khalil Herbert, man, a lot of people are saying, oh, you got to smash the over for the 75 rushing yards. Oh, he's gonna oh, he's gonna get a hundred. No, the Giants stopped him at seventy-seven. He only got four point one yards per carry. So that's good run defense right there. I'm not overstating the case. Tristan Ebner, six carries, twenty yards, and then Justin Fields, seven carries, fifty-two yards. Uh not really much design runs, but him just escaping the pocket. I think the Giants need to contain the QB a little bit better, but you know, I don't think they're gonna have a problem with that this week coming up because uh, Aaron Rodgers is the QB. He's not mobile. Take a look at the rushing game for the Giants. I already kind of explained one part of it. 31 carries, 146 yards, 4.7 yards per carry for Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones, 6 carries, 68 yards, 2 touchdowns. I mean, he was a big part of it. 11.3 yards per carry. Tyrod Taylor, 3 rushes, 30 yards, 10 per carry. Obviously, the big one was a 13-yard one that he fumbled on and got concussed in. To be honest with you, I respect the hell out of, okay, just getting the first down. But at the same time, and I know people can say, oh, you, you know, you're a Daniel Jones homer or whatever. I don't care. That's not really the right move to make when you only have one active quarterback. And that active quarterback is hurt, so you're the quarterback. And can't put yourself in an injury-type situation. If it was a sack, okay. Then we could talk about other things, but it wasn't a sack. He leaned in head first to the defender, and there was no flag because you've become a runner at that point. Tyra Taylor got hurt, so we ended up having Saquon Barkley for the rest of the game at quarterback, kind of. And then Matt Breida, three carries, 18 yards, and Brightwell had a carry for one yard. So receiving game-wise... Darnell Mooney was the lead receiver, four receptions, 94 yards. He probably had his best game of the season, I think. Based on this game, even though the Bears have been mostly, their focal point is the rushing attack. So, four receptions, 94 yards, uh, mostly on Adoree Jackson, who didn't have the greatest day. Obviously, it's part of him being that number one corner. Then, New York receiving, Daniel Bellinger, three receptions, 23 yards. I mean... He's been what you honestly should have expected or maybe even more than you expected because he's been that safety net, and I literally talked about it in my preview show. I don't toot my own horn that much, but, hey, I said, you know, a key to this game and what you're looking for is Daniel Bellinger to be that safety net. These receivers suck. I'm sorry. These receivers fucking suck. Galladay, he can't get on the field. Now he's injured. Darius Slayton, I like to think that he's the number one, but he drops passes, and I know a lot of people are questioning the effort on that one, uh, what was it, the interception that Tyrod Taylor threw. I wasn't happy about that either because you got to lean more towards the sideline if you're throwing into double coverage. It wasn't really a free play either. David Sills sucks. He dropped the pass. Richie James, I mean, he's okay. He's been the lead receiver. He also fumbled a punt, so I'm not happy about that. Uh, the tight ends have been better. The tight ends have been straight up better and the running backs as well. Tanner Hudson, I know he had a drop, but I don't have much to complain about the tight end room. I think, you know, some guys will be here next year. Some guys won't be, but 
it's something to build on, definitely. Now, you look at the fumbles. There's a lot of them. Valus Jones, obviously, the fumble on that one punt, basically. They have the Giants, the ball game. Uh, Justin Fields, he fumbled. That was the Aziz forced fumble. Uh, a couple of them listed on here from the lateral, so it's not like it's big. Richie James fumbled and lost it. Obviously, you know, that was the, the one punt. Uh, Tyrod Taylor fumbled, and he didn't lose it, but uh, he got concussed. Thibodeau recovered the fumble from Justin Fields. Dane Belton recovered the fumble from the lateral, and Gary Brightwell recovered the fumble on special teams when Valus Jones fumbled it. So, fumble's been used a lot in the last few minutes. Matchup-wise and team stats, first downs, the Giants had 21 and the Bears had 16. Passing first downs, the Giants had 5 and the Bears had 6. Giants had 14 rushing first downs, the Bears had 7. First downs from penalties, the Giants had 2 and the Bears had 3. Third down efficiency, uh, you know, the stuff that and the situations that the Bears converted on was mostly third and long, which I think the Giants need to adjust better to. And listen, it's a small critique. The defense ended up winning the game for us along with Graham Gano and the rushing attack and all these different things. Um, but there are some plays where tackling needs to happen. And some plays, especially one, on a third and 20, I think it was, or a third and 12, where they set up a screen for Komet or one of the other guys. And he just got for a first down. They were way too aggressive. So, listen, I respect Wink Martindale. He's done a hell of a job in terms of this defense. But sometimes you can't be too aggressive, like rushing four or five on third down and long. I get it. But if you're going to throw the blitz, just make sure you have sure tacklers in the secondary. And obviously, they move towards the first down. But I can't complain at the same time because, well, we didn't allow a touchdown. So, uh, And then for the Giants, six for 14 on third down, which isn't bad. Nobody went for it on fourth. Giants had 61 plays. Bears at 60. Giants had 333 total yards, 304 for the Bears. 11 total drives for the Giants, 12 for the Bears. Yards per play, Giants had 5.5, and the Bears had 5.1. Red zone attempts, well, the Chicago Bears were 0 for 3, and the Giants were 1 for 2. Penalties, the Bears had 5 penalties for 65 yards, and Giants had 7 penalties for 55 yards. Turnovers, the Bears had 3. And two for the Giants. It's really two for the Bears because what are you going to count? A lateral as a turnover? Time possession was knit tight. Uh, about a two-minute difference. 31-17 for the Giants and 28-43 for the one, the only, uh, Chicago Bears. And then you look at defensive leaders. Not much for the Bears' defense. Only three tackles for a loss. One sack and two quarterback hits. Jaquan Brisker. Five tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. Obviously, that's going on Daniel Jones. Eddie Jackson had eight tackles in the interception on Tyrod Taylor. Justin Jones had six tackles and two tackles for loss. Then Robert Quinn had a tackle and a quarterback hit, but he was basically stonewalled by Andrew Thomas. So Andrew Thomas, best offensive tackle in the league, really left tackle. But left tackle is the hardest position. You know, it's not so much right tackle. Uh, Five sacks, six tackles for loss, and nine quarterback hits from the Giants defense. And this guy has been getting praise from Giants fans. And a lot of people really haven't recognized him because he hasn't been on the stat sheet. Now he is. Not just the film room, but the stat sheet. That's Dexter Lawrence. Five tackles, two sacks, 
one tackle for loss, and three quarterback hits. He's been phenomenal this year. He has to be one of the top defensive linemen. And this isn't saying, oh, well, he just had one game and, you know, I'm overhyping, whatever. No, he's had, he's finally coming out of his shell. I know a few seasons ago he had two and a half sacks, then he had four and a half sacks. I mean, he could have maybe a six-sack season if we're looking in the long scheme of things. But he's been phenomenal. Running game, he was bullying Lucas Patrick and the right guard. I forget who the right guard is. I think it was Tevin Jenkins a little bit. But uh, I know it's hard to bully Tevin Jenkins, but he hasn't necessarily been good in pass pro. But Dexter Lawrence has had a heck of a year. So Dexter Lawrence... Shoutouts to you, man. I'm going to call out somebody later. This is not a bad call-out. This is a good call-out, actually. Because there's a guy, and we're not going to see the stats until Wednesday. At least, I think so. We got to talk about somebody that's really been underappreciated on this defense. Tay Crowder had 11 tackles. One sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. He was all over the field. He was really good. Uh, against the Bears. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he had an interception that was garbage time last year against them. But he really showed out. He really showed out, and, you know, he needed this game because the last few games, he's been hit or miss. He's been either really good or he's just been not so great. But this game, he showed out. Now, is he the future at linebacker? Maybe, maybe not. Is he an inside linebacker one? Of course not. But you got to commend him. One guy also got on the stat sheet today. That's Jihad Ward. Another guy also got on the stat sheet. And many people in the Giants community have seen it, but otherwise, nobody's seen it. Jihad Ward. Four tackles, first sack of the game, a tackle for a loss, and two quarterback hits. He set the edge well, and he's a decent pass rusher. Now, you're not going to get a sack every game from him. But this might be his best season this far. I think Joe Davis and Daryl Johnston brought up that he's already over his halfway career, you know, statistic high in tackles. So I think they said his career high was 32 and he has over 16 this season. So, um, Chas Jihad Ward, man, we finally have a guy in this Giants defense that's a veteran that knows the scheme, and he actually plays well. Not Kareem Martin, not some of these other cats. Not Danny Shelton either. Dane Belton, four tackles and a tackle for a loss. He had a key tackle for a loss in the running game. He also had a fumble recovery on the lateral. He's been solid for us. He's been solid for us. Kayvon Thibodeau recovered the fumble. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, quarterback hit. Kayvon had a quarterback hit. He also had that stupid penalty. I mean, listen, you know, roughing the passer has been a sketchy topic but at the same time you can't go leaning with your head if you push them into the ground softly and they call it a flag i'll be like that's fucking stupid but he's got to be a little bit smarter he's a rookie i'm not going to attack him too much and then aziz ojalari a forced fumble a sack and two tackles um pff has him really bad in terms of grades i don't know why um but uh who knows who knows i'm gonna straighten myself out here and we're going to go into offense and defensive takeaways before we get to injuries and all that other stuff. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley lead the rushing attack, and Saquon also in the Wildcat towards the end of the game. I mean, the rushing game was unstoppable. The Giants haven't had this many yards since 2008 with Derek Ward and Brandon Jacobs, I believe it was. So that's a milestone for the Giants, especially in the last few years. Saquon obviously leading that rushing attack. But... 
they just took advantage of these rollouts. Not them being totally bad against the run. I mean, they were bad against the run, but, um, you know, they started stopping it towards the end of the game because that was pretty obvious. That's what they were running with Daniel Jones being out. Um, but the two touchdowns, those were rollouts that Daniel Jones just saw the field going down for a touchdown. I don't think those were even designed. And then there was a play on one of those touchdown drives where Daniel Jones play action and he's not running. I mean, he's running in the pocket with it. But everybody's just soaked to the left side with Saquon Barkley because they respect him. And then he throws it to a wide open Bellinger. And I think if Eddie Jackson isn't there, that's a touchdown. That's just a walk-in touchdown for Daniel Bellinger. So uh, Mike Kafka, Brian Dable, the execution obviously towards the end was very faulty with uh, Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback, and then Daniel Jones on one leg. So uh, good offensive game plan. I don't say that a lot for teams that, okay, they're just rushing teams. And that's what the Giants seem to be right now. They seem to be just a coordinated run first team and I'm buying into it I'm buying into it Tyrod Taylor comes in for Daniel Jones get gets concussed before actually after he throws the interception um it was just why like those two plays why and I understand look Tyrod Taylor had a few good plays had a great spin move he had a great read option to the right side that got a first down um and then he also had the short throw to I believe is Darius Slayton who had the first catch of the season but throwing the interception there's not really a reason for that I think he thought he had a free play and he didn't it was a holding penalty on Devery Hamilton and then he gets concussed by putting himself out there and we talk about Daniel Jones all the time dude you gotta slide dude you gotta put yourself in better position so you don't get knocked if it was a sack and Tyrod Taylor was taken out of the game because, you know, maybe someone got him into the head or into the chest area, I would say, okay, then the player is dirty, this, that, and the other thing. But Tyrod Taylor was a runner, and he put his head first. That's something you cannot do when you only have uh, yourself as quarterback. Davis Webb is not even on the active roster, and then Daniel Jones is hurt. So not really smart stuff from Tyrod Taylor. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, I think he will play against the Ravens, even though we'll talk about stuff at quarterback later on. Darius Slayton with two key misplays. Really one for me, I don't really, to be honest with you, consider that misplay uh, to be an interception, you know, that interception to be a misplay of his. Maybe he should have defended a little bit more, but I just saw it as a bad throw a bad decision by Tyrod Taylor because if you're throwing in the double coverage, at least the way it's looking like that, throw more to the sideline so you live another down or Darius Slayton makes a catch. Now, you can consider that. I also consider the fact that, yes, there was pass interference on one play, but Slayton should have caught that. Now, could have been a little bit more in front of, uh, you know, Darius Slayton. Could the throw have been a little bit more in front? Sure. Uh, did it play a factor that Kyler Gordon was literally pulling his arm down yes but I feel like those could have been two key plays that Darius Slayton um you know could have gotten but hey listen you know we'll see what happens with him the wide receiver room is still pretty terrible it's gotta we gotta see who steps up next week I mean that's just pretty much that we're gonna have a section about Kadarius Tony uh by itself Wondell Robinson's coming back so we'll see man we'll we'll see O-line does better uh, run and pass blocking wise I mean they've only attempted it so many times with the the passing downs those two runs were 
not runs. They were Daniel Jones rolling out wide open space for a bootleg and a touchdown. So they definitely did better with the run blocking. But pass blocking wise, I mean, it was 13 pass attempts. He got sacked on one. So I can't necessarily, you know, blame the O-line at the same time. We have to see them in about double the passing attempts before we say, okay, this line has made progress. Evan Neal didn't let anybody go by him, which is a good thing. I thought Bredesen, you know, I thought the interior also had like a step-up game. But once again, we got to see them next week against the Packers because they got Kenny Clark. They got Zedarius. No, not Zedarius Smith. Preston Smith. Zedarius Smith went to the Vikings. And Rashawn Gary, too. I mean, you know, those are some guys you need to fear. Defensively, Dexter Lawrence had a game. We talked about that. He is finally getting some recognition he deserves on the stat sheet and in the film room he's going to get it because, you know, teams aren't double-teaming him. When that happens, he gets in the backfield, and then when teams double-team him, he lets free rushers go into the backfield, which is a good thing. And this is a contract year for Dexter Lawrence, kind of. They could extend him early because they have a ton of cap space next year. He does have the option, so he's going to be a giant next year no matter what, unless he gets traded, which I don't think is going to happen. But Wink loves him. It's great to see Dexter Lawrence really step up for this team. And, you know, we were doubting, okay, is he, is he going to be you know, a part of this team? Is he not going to be a part of this team in the future? I think he's going to be a part of this team in the future. And when Leo comes back, I think he'll be back probably against the Packers. Maybe he is. Maybe he is going to get back against the Packers. He'll, and if that's the case, if he's not back, he'll be back against the Ravens, a heavy running team. So, you know, he'll be needed then. But uh, glad to see that Dex is doing his thing, man. Uh, Jihad Ward sets the edge multiple times, recur- records his first sack on the season. Great for him. Aziz Ojalari records, records his first. I can't. Why, why am I saying records? Records his first sack and forced fumble of the season and cave on with a quarterback hit. Jalen Smith and Tay Crowder with great plays from the inside. Jalen Smith, he looks like a bumblebee to me. You know, there are certain players that have that, uh, I don't want to say dread because I don't think it's the right word to use, but Derrick Henry has that look and Jalen Smith has that look. He looks like a bumblebee trying to sting you. But um, Jalen Smith... On a serious note, he's looked really good. And I was surprised when the New York Giants didn't elect to re-sign him. When they didn't re-sign him in the offseason, I was like, what are we doing here? You know, uh, this guy could kind of help us. So, great for him. Uh, Dory Jackson tested more by Darnell Mooney. He gave up, I don't think it was all 94 receiving yards, but he had trouble against Mooney. Giants vulnerable on third and longs. That's definite. That's definite. They are vulnerable on third and long as I've seen that the last few games, the third and 12 against Dallas. So that's something they need to work on, but they are one of the best, I think second best in third down percentage defensively. So I can't complain about that, but sometimes you have to be aggressive. Sometimes it's not right to be aggressive, but can't complain too much. I'm going to talk about the defensive player that was alluding to earlier about how he's so underappreciated, at least over the last three weeks. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, some other things. But I want to get this through. Giants with one turnover forced. Actually, now that I think of it, two of them. Um, and then one turnover lost on special teams. So it was, if you're talking in real time and not garbage time, it was an even keel in terms of turnover ratio. Because the Richie James fumble, the Tyrod Taylor interception, 
And then you look at the Bears. Well, Justin Fields fumbled and Giants recovered. And then Valus Jones' muff punt. Who am I talking about when I say they are very underappreciated? I'll talk about that in a second. That defensive player I'm alluding to is Fabian Moreau. I think he's been... Now, he's not a pro bowler. But for a team that has been in and out with cornerback two... He has been a godsend in a way. Now, I'm the only one talking about this, at least for right now. I think he's played really well. He's locked down that side of the field. There was a key third down where Justin Fields went to his receiver and Fabian Moreau. Maybe he should have turned his head a little bit more, but hey, he knocked it out of the hands of the receiver. There was a play down the right sideline where Dante Pettis was about to catch the ball. Fabian Moreau knocks it down. I mean, he's played really well. And this was a guy who gave up eight fucking touchdowns last year with the uh the Atlanta Falcons and that was a bad team they're two and two right now but that was a bad team last year and he was trying to rebound and stuff like that I think they should keep him on the roster uh even if Aaron Robinson and Cordell Flott are healthy I think he should be in the mix now let's see how old he is let's see how old our buddy Fabian Moreau is he is about 28 so I mean he's not that young but he's not that old keep him on We've been talking about a veteran corner besides Adoree Jackson for a while. We don't know where the fuck Radarius Williams is as, you know, I like him, but at the same time, you're not on the field, so you're not on the team. But Fabian Moreau, he's been a godsend at that second corner position. It's not Isaac Yadam where he's giving him all these fucking touchdowns. It's not Ryan Lewis. It's not Elijah Griffin, uh, you know, but... Shoutouts to Fabian Moreau. He's really had a nice set of few weeks with the New York Giants. And continue to play that way. Continue to play that way. I love waxing poetic about this guy. So, oh boy. Now we get into the injuries. Injuries galore as I name it. Let's go into injuries. Daniel Jones, ankle injury. Tyrod Taylor, concussion. Kenny Galladay, knee injury. Evan Neal, neck injury. Javon Thibodeau, back spasm. Henry Mondo, ankle. Aziz Ojolari, calf. Julian Love, concussion. Aaron Robinson, knee. Leonard Williams, knee. Kadarius Tony, hamstring. Wondell Robinson, knee. And Cordell Flott, calf. Also, Nick McLeod, I believe he also has a concussion or some sort of issue. Uh, but I was basically listing the main guys. But that's a shit ton of injuries, and especially off this game. Like, we've seen some bad injury spouts, but... It's weird. The New York Giants fan base likes to be selective about what they talk about. I'm really buying into the fact that it's the turf causing these issues. Because, you know, obviously we lost Sterling Shepard on Monday night. And we saw a few injuries against the Panthers, London Williams being one. But let's see. Let's count the injuries we had off of this game alone. Uh, the head and impact. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine injuries. Nine injuries. And these are not scraps. Like maybe Henry Mondo is a scrap. But these are key players. So in the future, after this year, if John Merrill wants to actually have a successful team that grows over the years, get rid of the fucking turf. Get rid of the stadium. I mean, I know that's never going to happen because you'll have a, you know, oh, the Johnsons don't want to do this, or oh, the Maras don't want to do this. That's one thing. 
And then it's going to be the people from Jersey that don't want to commute to New York or even move the stadium. And I'm not talking as in, you know, the people who I talk to on Twitter. I'm just talking like the general old population or whatever. There will be New Jersey people, let's just say, in a situation, in a miracle situation that uh, we never, or I should say not we never, but we go, but let's just say a situation where we go back to New York, we go into Manhattan or we build a stadium in Queens, Brooklyn, whatever. Those Jersey people, I don't know that they'd commute. I don't know that they'd commute, but there's definitely a lot of New Yorkers that would love for the team to come back. Back to the point originally, that's a ton of injuries to have in one game. Uh, that's not very good. Obviously, we're expecting Williams, Tony, uh, Robinson back. We'll see. We'll see. I know Julian Love has a concussion injury. He says he's fine. Obviously, he's in the protocol. Uh, Tyra Taylor's in the protocol. Daniel Jones, we'll talk about in just a sec. Kyra, uh, Kenny Galladay, fucking knee injury, man. He's not on the field. Uh, this ain't a surprise to me. Evan Neal, neck injury. I mean, I think he'll be fine. Kayvon Thibodeau, they said he'll be fine. Henry Mondo, I think something seriously happened with that ankle. I think he actually might be done for the year, but I'm not a Twitter doctor. Uh, Aaron Robinson, not looking good with a knee injury. And then uh, Azizo Jolari, they said they'll see through the week. I don't want... Kayvon Thibodeau being the only pass rusher on the field. We'll see what happens. So, one of the questions that faces us as we get through the week is what do the Giants do at quarterback? In my opinion, Daniel Jones, as much as we want him on the field and he gives us a chance to win, and whether you like it or not, he does, he shouldn't play these next two weeks. However long he needs to rest, rest him. Because... Here's what you can do. You may only have Davis Webb as your quarterback for one week. I don't think concussions take two weeks unless you're the Miami Dolphins. Um, but Tyra Taylor could play against his former team in the Ravens in week six, I think. Yeah, week six. So now the game plans are going to be different, all these different things. But for this week, at least, they'll need to sign another quarterback, maybe even another, because this is the thing. With some of these NFL teams keeping only two quarterbacks. I know a lot of people said, oh, they're going to keep Davis Webb. They didn't keep Davis Webb. That's the thing. You have the seven inactive rule, which either way, you'd have two active quarterbacks and one inactive. But then you have these teams like the Giants keeping Davis Webb and their backup quarterbacks on the practice squad. So that's kind of where it gets you. Um, but Davis Webb, I think he's going to start this week. I never thought I would say that, but... Um, Tyrod Taylor, I think he's going to be in concussion protocol. Daniel Jones, they said he has an ankle sprain. They really didn't specify what the sprain was. Was it a low ankle sprain, high ankle sprain? He missed time with an ankle sprain, I believe it was 2019, and he ended up being out for two weeks. You know what? Rest him, and then he gets to play a good team in Jacksonville, and that's a winnable game. Listen, I'm not saying some of these games aren't winnable, but we have two legitimate challenges. I'm not saying pussy out. But if we lose these two games, respectfully, um, that puts us at 3-3. Three and three. Then you could possibly win against Jacksonville. And that's 4-3 and three maybe. Could also be 3-4. and four. And then Seattle, which they look weirdly competent, kind of. Not for the long term, maybe. But that's another beatable team out in the west and then you go on your bye week you face the texans who don't have a win yet so it, once again i think it's much more worth it sitting daniel jones these next two weeks and then against more winnable organizations 
you go ahead, you put him in and say, let's roll. Uh, Matt Barkley, I know, is a name that Giants fans have tossed around because he's on the Bills practice squad or was on the Bills practice squad. So I would like him, you know, see what other backup quarterbacks are out there, get them up to speed. No Jake Fromm, no Kyle Loletta, no Mike Lennon, please. I mean, the experience last year was horrible. Let's get some competent backup play. And I think we have a coaching staff now, at least that I can say with confidence, that can put a nice game plan around uh, a backup quarterback like Davis Webb or Matt Barkley. Hence, you know, if they come in or not. But I think Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm looked bad last year, not only because they were terrible with talent and, you know, talent in themselves, but I also thought that the coaching staff was not helping them. They were not putting them in positions to succeed. And I get, oh, the talent, the talent. Spare me with that. We're a less talented team this year. Let's talk about a guy that Giant fans really don't want to talk too much about. But we have to talk about him. And he might be returning this week. So, you know, we can uh, we can see what what happens. Kadarius Tony, I've kind of avoided this subject. In terms of going on my shows and all that. When I'm creating my little notes I've avoided the subject of Kadarius Tony, and I'm trying to get into it a little bit more now because I think it's a focal point. I think it's uh, very important. Kadarius Tony was involved the first two weeks in the offense. Whether you say, oh, the end of rounds and this, that, and the other thing, I was pissed at the coaching staff for not involving him. These last two weeks, he's been out. And it's not like it's a serious injury. My hamstring. Listen, calves hamstrings those are not injuries that you know can just show up once and go away hamstrings will come back and hurt you sometimes same thing with calf injuries Kadarius Tony the last two fucking years has had these injuries that these are knick-knack paddywhack injuries hamstring leg foot it's kind of getting ridiculous now and I'm not rushing judgment on Kadarius Tony he could be an excellent player for the New York Giants he can now obviously I was very pissed and very vocal about how the fact how the Giants coaching staff didn't involve him in the first two weeks but these last two Kadarius Tony has to show the fuck up on the field or else he's not a part of this team that's how I see it now apparently people saw him jumping up and down last week against the Cowboys. I don't know what that story is. I'm not going to comment on it because I would have to see it myself. But Kadarius Tony needs to get on the field because he, regardless of how the coaching staff involves him, he is electric when he's on the field. And he can be the X factor this week against a team like the Green Bay Packers. I'm more scared about their defense than their offense, to be fair with you guys. But you can't talk about Kadarius Tony being the X factor if he's not healthy. So Kadarius Tony, all I'm gonna say is for this, you know, I don't want to speak for the Giants coaching staff and general manager in the front office. But uh, if you keep being sidelined, whether it's a serious injury or not, you're not going to be on the field next year. Because I think with the way this wide receiver group has performed, the way you look at them right now, it's it's bad. 
And I don't think a lot of these guys, except for Wandale Robinson, are going to be here next year. I think it's just facts. Maybe Richie James is a punt returner, but that's about it. They'll bring in new guys. They'll bring in younger guys. They'll bring in more established guys. So that's my thoughts on Kadarius Toney. A few more subjects to go through. Stock up, stock down, and closing thoughts. Stock up, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, the offensive line, Aziz Ojolari, Jihad Ward, Dexter Lawrence, Tay Crowder, and uh, Jalen Smith. I also have to bring up the snap counts, and this is going to answer a question of my own, which is a good thing because I've been picky with this guy the last few weeks. So let's take a look. Um, Is he on the field? Okay. I can sort of justify. Um, So I think I went through all my stock ups. Fabian Moreau goes on the list, by the way. So if I didn't go over the full list, it's Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, O-Line, Aziz Ojolari, Jihad Ward, Dexter Lawrence, Tate Crowder, Jalen Smith, Fabian Moreau. Donnie Holmes, even though he only played 48%, he wasn't affected. And I'm not saying the talent was great at wide receiver, but uh, yeah, he was he was good in week four. Now, obviously, he could have held, and we maybe haven't seen it. But use this as a step up, because even though the Green Bay Packers aren't necessarily totally talented at wide receiver, they're a little bit better um, than the Chicago Bears at wide receiver. It's going to be a different type of test. Now, defensively, before we go to snap counts and final thoughts, excuse me, not defensively, as we go to stock down before we go to the snap counts, David Sills, Darius Slayton, Tyrod Taylor, and Richard James. Those are my players. Adoree Jackson, I would also add that to the, all that to the list. Um, yeah, so snap counts, final thoughts. Let's talk about the offense first. Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, John Feliciano all played 100% of the snaps. Saquon Barkley, 94%. Mark Lewinsky, 88% because of the injury. I forgot to add, add him to the list, so that's 10 uh, injuries they sustained during the game, even though he came back in. 88% for Glowinski, 82% for Daniel Jones, 72% for David Sills, 65% for Evan Neal because he's left with the neck, 63% for Chris Myrick, 60% for Daniel Bellinger, 60% for Darius Slayton, so that's a huge increase, obviously, with all these wide receivers getting injured, 57%. For Tanner Hudson, 42% for Kenny Galladay, 35% for Devery Hamilton. Uh, wide receiver Rich James, he got 32%. Tyron Taylor, 18%. Matt Breida, 14%. Josh Azudu, who played left guard when Glowinski went out. And Bredesen played right guard. Uh, Azudu played left guard, 12%. Uh, Gary Brightwell, 5%. And Marcus Johnson, 2%. Now, I do have a question to bring up. As, uh, you know, it's a fun question. It's not... Something many Giant fans are thinking about. But, move to the defense. Tay Crowder, Xavier McKinney, and Dory Jackson. 100% of the snaps. Dexter Lawrence, 94. Fabian Moreau, 79. Dane Belton, 74. Kayvon Thibodeau, 74. Jihad Ward, 60. Nick Williams, who made a couple of nice plays, 56%. Justin Ellis, 53%. Jalen Smith, 50%. Darnay Holmes, 48%, along with Aziz Ojolari. 44% for Michael McFadden. 31% for Julian Love, 24% for Taman Fox, 21% for O'Shane Zimenez, 16% for Aaron Robinson, 15% for DJ Davidson, and 13% for Henry Mundo. Um, one question I'm going to throw out there is, A, it might be time's up for Austin Calitro in a Giants uniform. 
He hasn't played well over the last few weeks, and then he was inactive against the Bears. And the week before that, he allowed a pretty big run by over-pursuing somebody else's gap. So Giants coaching staff probably wasn't happy with that. And obviously the consequences, it's being inactive. And now that Jalen Smith is going to be a part of the fray, I would, you know, count my blessings if I was Austin Calitro. It's great, you know, that he had a good preseason, but he really never should have been on this roster to begin with. Um, And then my other question is, what happens to Devery Hamilton when Matt Pear comes back? Because I talked on the preview show about Nick Gates uh, possibly getting off the PUP list, Shane Lemieux in a few weeks as well. What happens if Matt Pear comes back? Do the Giants go ahead and cut Devery Hamilton? Because he hasn't played bad, but he hasn't played outstanding either. He hasn't played good as well. So, Matt paired off an ACL? Or Devery Hamilton right now? I don't know. Your choice, guys. Obviously, we have to wait that through. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops for a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later. And stay cool. Let's go, Giants. We are 3-1.